Good morning, First Church family. We're excited that you're joining us this morning. Um, I've just been realizing over the last couple weeks how different it looks for each one of us as we worship on Sunday morning, so different than us being in this place. Um, but God is in our midst, and he dwells among his people. And so where he dwells, we are together. So we thank you for joining us this morning, and we're excited that you're with us. Uh, I just want to uh, remind us and encourage us of what we're promised in Psalm 44. You are my king and my God who commands victories. I just love that. He commands victories. Through you, we push back our enemies. Through your name, we trample our foes. Don't we all have so many different foes during this time? But you give us the victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries to shame. In God, we make our boast all day long. And we will praise your name forever. So Father, as we um, join together with our brothers and sisters across this community and across the county and across this state, and Lord, many even watching us online throughout the country, Lord, we, we love you. We thank you that we don't have to trust in bows or swords to win our victory, but that we boast in you alone. There is power in the mighty name of Jesus, and we praise that name this morning. Amen. with glory now the Savior knelt to wash our feet now at his feet we
your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive.
First Church, we just want to thank you so much for your continued generosity during this time. We have now more than ever understood the need uh, for the gospel message to go out to our neighbors and to the nations, and, and your continued giving and generosity has enabled us to continue to do that, both through the ministry that we have going on here in Columbia City and then our partners around the world. And so thank you, thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. It's been a blessing to be a part of. Uh, now is a great time to give and to remember and give back what God has given to us. And so there's a couple ways you can participate in that. Uh, you can mail your check-in uh, here to the church, 1200 West Depoy Drive here in Columbia City. Uh, or you can hop online to firstchurchconnect.com, hit the give button uh, up in the top of the page, and that'll kind of route you through everything you need to do. So thank you once again for uh, being a part of what God is doing, again, both here in Columbia City and around the world. And uh, we're just so excited to see uh, kind of on the other side of this what God does in and through us. So I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for the offering, uh, and we'll continue in our service together. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we are so thank, uh, thankful that uh, you have continued to be with us uh, during this time of us all being scattered. Uh, we just ask uh, that you will be with today's offering, that you'll bless it, that you'll multiply it, um, and that your kingdom will come and your will will be done on earth as it, as it is in heaven. And, and we'll see the results of that uh, because of this giving, Lord. And we just ask that we can continue to be empowered and uh, that you'll continue to give us boldness to reach out to those around us, um, that we can continue to shine bright uh, the truth and the hope that we know from your gospel, Lord. We love you deeply, and we're so thankful uh, that you're with us. We ask all these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today, and I pray that uh, you'll be encouraged by God's word today. Uh, I had a friend of mine from West Virginia tell me that the average uh, 
person who watches an online service only watches it for 22 minutes. And I'm just going to ask you today to kind of stick with it. I think I have a good word for you. We're in Second Chronicles, and I, I, I really want to ask you to stick with it as long as you can, please, today, and try to experience what God might have to say to you today. You know, there, a lot of people are really overwhelmed right now, really for good reason. Lots of emotion and instability uh, is going on in our world. And amidst really what was already an ongoing mental health crisis that was in our culture, you have to add to that now the stress and the anxiety, the depression and the pain. And I want to speak to that today. And I'd like to encourage you today in the middle of this, what do you do when you're overwhelmed? So I just want to... Uh, talk to you. You know, you can be overwhelmed by any emotion. You can be overwhelmed. A lot of people are overwhelmed by worry. Many people are overwhelmed uh, by insecurity. Uh, you can be insecure and you, you feel like you can't control things and you just can be overwhelmed by that. We're, you may be experiencing that. You can be overwhelmed by loneliness. You can be overwhelmed by grief. You can be overwhelmed by people that, by things that are going on in your life that make you worried. Resentment. You can be overwhelmed by bitterness. Uh, the Bible talks about people who are overwhelmed by regret and they're overwhelmed by shame or guilt. And so, what I want, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed? Whether it's finances or physically, you're overwhelmed. Uh, when you feel overwhelmed, um, this hasn't been pretty, has it? What do you do when you're overwhelmed? So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Second Chronicles. We're going to be in chapter 20, but I want to mention chapter 19, verse 4. Because we meet a man who is a good king. You know, Israel had some bad kings and they had good kings. And one of the good kings was a guy that we meet in chapter 19, verse 4, when it says, and this guy's name is a little different. His name is King Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country to Ephraim and he turned them back to the Lord. And that was, he, first of all, he went from one end to the other and he was encouraging people to return to the Lord. He was a good king, a good leader. Now, so Jehoshaphat, uh, I don't think I'll call him Japhat because people call me J Mac. Uh, so J Mac is talking about Japhat today. Jehoshaphat, the good king, we read in verses one and two, we see that after this, here's a good king who's turning people to the Lord. After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Mayonites all declared war on King Jehoshaphat. And the messengers told him, a huge combined army is now marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. The bad word, the bad news comes and he's overwhelmed. These three armies have collected to make one huge army and they're marching against you, Jehoshaphat. And you can imagine he was probably overwhelmed. Jehoshaphat, what is he going to do in the face of this overwhelming news? Isn't that what we're dealing with? 
What are we doing in the face of overwhelming news? And then in verse 3, we read, we keep reading, Jehoshaphat was badly shaken by this news. And so he prayed to the Lord for guidance, and he gave orders for a fast to be observed throughout the country. What did Jehoshaphat do right? And I just want us to look at this story of Jehoshaphat and see what we can learn by what he did and what we could learn, the lessons we could learn when we're overwhelmed. Because they all came against him. And here's what we read right there in verse 3. Here's the first thing you've got to remember. I pray first. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? Well, I have to pray first. I have to turn to God for help. We continue in verse 4. The entire country of Judah united together in seeking God's help. They came from all the cities to pray to God. Keep reading in verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood before all the people and he prayed aloud. When I'm overwhelmed, the first thing I have to do is turn to God. And here's the lesson. Prayer is our first choice. I pray first. Now, that's not maybe our bent. I mean, sometimes in our culture, you know, so many times even in the church, we, we, we don't think of praying until the very end or the last. That's all, all it's the last resort. What do we say? We say things like, uh, oh, it's just, there's nothing. All we can do now is pray. Uh, it's the, like the last resort. Oh, we've done everything else. We've exhausted everything else. I guess all we have to do now is just to pray. And Jehoshaphat says when his reaction to being overwhelmed, he prays and he turns to God first and he prays first. What do we do when we're overwhelmed? We turn to God first. We don't turn to our phone. We don't turn to other people. We don't try to figure it out. Pray first. You you say things like that. Lord, I'm getting my hind end kicked over here. I need your help. I'm about, uh, this army is marching against me. I don't know what to do. Lord, I need you. I've got these three enemy nations that are coming against me. I've got a problem coming here. It could mean ruin. And I, I've got problems. God, I need your help. And the same could be true in your life. Maybe whether it's in business or in your family, or maybe it is in your physical life, you've just got to cry out to God. Turn to God first. That's the first thing Jehoshaphat does. Here's the second thing. I got to keep my eyes on God. Now, our, our temptation is to keep our eyes on the problem and to focus on the problem and to, to worry about it. Isn't that what we're dealing with today? Isn't that our temptation is to constantly be looking at the news, hearing what people are saying, discussing what's going on, COVID-19, coronavirus. Isn't that what we tend to just focus on that? But what we learn from Jehoshaphat is that we learn to keep our eyes on God. And, and here is what we see. We see it in verses 6 and following. But so many times, uh, I heard a pastor a long time ago, he said, you know, if somebody asks you, hey, how you doing? And many times we say, well... You're pretty good under the circumstances. And uh, I want to encourage you that 
you know, we don't live under our circumstances. We're supposed to be on top of our circumstances. I mean, that's easier said than done. But I want to give you the reason why that's good. We read in verse 6, O Lord, you are not, he, when he, Jehoshaphat is praying, he says, the God who is, aren't you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are your hand, and no one can withstand you. The first thing that you have to remember to focus on God is how big God is. Remember how big God is in your situation. Whether you're a, and I want to say specifically to just college students and high school students, those of you who are young, you know, when you, you think about your life, don't just think about the problems and the focus, the problems that you have, but focus on God. And the first thing is focus on how big God is. God is bigger than this virus. God is bigger than these circumstances. He is faithful. Trust him. In fact, turn to God. Turn to God. Look to him. Keep your focus on him. And then another thing is, remember what God has done. He has been faithful. Some of this is from last week's sermon. Remember these points. Remember how big God is. Remember what God has done. He's been faithful. Verse 7, we see Jehoshaphat living this out. Oh God, did you not drive out all those who lived in the land before you brought your people, Israel, here? He reminds, and that's what we need to do. We need to, to pray to God, and we turn to him. We keep our focus on him. God, and remember what God has done. Here's another thing. Remember what God has promised. Remember God's promises. He, Jehoshaphat, does that in verse 7, the second part. And did you not give this land to your friend Abraham's descendant to be theirs forever? That God made a promise and he's keeping his promise. Here's the fourth thing. I, I want to encourage you to appeal to God's character. Verses 10 through 12. You would not let us invade them when you brought us from Egypt, and this is how they repay us. Will you not stop them from invading us now? In other words, and again, I look to you who are younger to encourage you this appeal to God's character, not just his hand, but who he is. Um, I had a friend, his name was Charles Cooper. He was a pastor in Chicago, and he lost his wife 10 days after they were married. He was a strong preacher. In fact, he preached at, for example, the Moody Bible Institute and at the pastor's conference at Moody. He was a strong pastor in Chicago, a, a great man of the word. And Charles Cooper is a good preacher. And I asked him, I said, how did you get through that? How is it that you got through trusting God and keeping your life focused on God, losing your wife 10 days after you were married? And he said to me, Johnny, it was about me looking to God's character. Even when I didn't feel it, I just had to trust in who he is. And that's what we have to do. We can't focus on our problem. We have to focus, keep our focus on God. Corey Tinboom, the author, uh, many very popular, she said this, if you look at the world, you feel distressed. Isn't that true these days? Because there's a lot of distress around us. If you look within, you'll be depressed because there's a lot of things that I don't like about me. But if I look to Christ, if I focus on Christ, you'll be at rest. 
Keep your focus on the Lord. And here's the third thing that we learn from Jehoshaphat. I have to humble myself. Uh, I have to admit that I'm not God and I don't have the ability to make everything work. And we're living under that. When you're overwhelmed, you you first you you have to pray first, turn to the Lord, and and then you're you're trying your best and, and keep the focus on God, even walking through this. But I have to also humble myself. I have to admit. In fact, I was reading uh, for Alcoholics Anonymous, and it says we admit that we are powerless to overcome alcohol, and that our lives have become unmanageable. That's the first in the 12-step program. And that's where we have to begin. We have to humble ourselves. The first step of any kind of recovery or when we're overwhelmed is I have to admit, I have to admit I'm powerless to control my tendencies to always do the wrong thing and to just join in into my carnal nature, but to rise above it, focus on the Lord, and then I have to admit, I am powerless to do this. Look at verses 12 and 13. What Jehoshaphat says in his prayer, we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us, and we don't know what to do. But we are looking to you for help. And all the men of Judah stood before the Lord and with their wives and their young children and even their babies. And I want you to know that's one of the things that we need to do. Even being honest, we who are older with our children, we don't know what's going to happen. We're going to trust the Lord. God is powerful. Our trust is in the Lord. And here's how God responds in the middle of this. When we humble ourselves, then God He says one of my favorite statements, and it's my favorite gospel song of all time. And that is, his response is, the battle belongs to me. The battle belongs to the Lord. Look at verse 15. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because this vast army. This this, is the line. Here it is. Wait for it. For the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. Man, I can hear Yolanda Adams singing that. That's one of my favorite gospel songs. The battle belongs to the Lord. I want to remind you of that. When we humble ourselves, I have to admit that I just can't overcome all this. When I admit that, then God reminds me it's the Lord's battle. It, and here, implied in that is it's not your battle. It's not. <laughs> Here's what the Lord's response to Jehoshaphat. He says, you won't need to fight in this battle. This is what God says. You just stand strong in your places and you will see the Lord save you. Judah and Jerusalem, don't be afraid or discouraged because the Lord is with you. So they all bowed down and they worshiped God. Can I, I'm even going to ask Elijah if he would put across the screen the very wise words of the great wise man, the famous sage from up in Wisconsin, the great theologian Aaron Rodgers. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. It's not your battle. It's not your battle. It doesn't belong to you. This battle is the Lord's. The distinguishing mark for we who believe in a holy and mighty God that he's redeeming all things, our hope is in the Lord. 
This is his battle, not ours. Who are you trusting? What are you doing when you're overwhelmed? What do you do? Of course you turn to the Lord. We try our best to stay focused. We also have to realize in the middle of a pandemic that we have to humble ourselves and realize we're not God. Now listen to me. I'm going to say something to you as your pastor because I love you. So many of you, the reason that you're always tired and the reason you're always frustrated is because this you're trying to fight a battle that belongs to God. And you're always trying to come up with the solutions and you're fighting and you don't have the energy. You don't have maybe even... You don't have the intelligence or whatever it is. You're always trying to figure it out and do the right thing and doing it. And you're acting like you're God. And today, I want you to resign from that position. I want to encourage you. You're trying to fight God's battle. You need to trust God. God says in this story, He says, did I ask you, did I even ask you to fight these guys? This mighty army that's gathered? No. All I ask you to do is trust me right now. I want to encourage you to do that today. Because we're such fixers, aren't we? I mean, we just want to fix it all. Let's fix it. Let's figure it out. And yes, we're all praying for a miracle. We're praying for a cure. We're praying that every scientist or healthcare worker is blessed in every effort in this. Here's the deal. Even in our lives, we've got to realize we've got to humble ourselves. I'm not God. And I want to encourage you. When we see a financial problem, we want to fix it. When we see uh, the world in problem, if we have something wrong at the office, we try to fix the faults in other people. And here's the deal. Folks, we can't even fix the faults in ourselves, but yet we're so busy trying to fix even other people. Humble yourself. Admit, Lord, I can't do it. I can't do it. And God will remind you it's his battle. We gotta you listen real quick. You don't help God. God helps you. My wife reminds me all the time of this. It's something I constantly need to be reminded. I'm not helping God. God's helping me. And, and, and if I'm going to overcome, and I'm, I'm, when I'm overcome with being overwhelmed, I got to remember, I'm not God. I got to admit that I am powerless in this. God, I'm needing your help. In fact, I want you to look at a verse, and it's a key verse in this whole passage. It's verse 20 in Chronicles chapter 20. He says this, Put your faith in God, and you'll be able to stand firm. Have faith in his prophets and you'll succeed. That line right there, I want you to look at that verse. That's a good line. Maybe that's something to put on your mirror. Second Chronicles 20, 20. Put your faith in God and you'll be able to stand firm. Have faith in his prophets and you'll succeed. And basically what he's saying there in the context of this story in the Old Testament, he's saying, trust the character of God and trust the word of God. Because who were the prophets? They were the ones who were basically writing the Bible at this time. And so who are the prophets? They're the ones delivering the word of God. We now have the completion of that. Put your trust in the character of God and in the word of God. I would encourage you to do that, not yourself. 
We've got to get this right. Here's the fourth thing. I have to thank God by faith. In other words, and by the way, no one in the world would do this, but God tells them to do it right there in verse 21. He says, then the king appointed Jehoshaphat. He appointed musicians and singers in robes to march in front of the army and loudly praise the Lord. And he told them to sing and thank God for his faithfulness that endures forever. No one in the world would ever do this. No one in the Pentagon would tell their armies to probably do this. I mean, think about it. I mean, the choir is going, what? We're going to be out front. We're going to be going and singing out front. And the army is probably like, what? Is this just like a bumper, a buffer? What is going on? But what God was saying is, thank me and trust me and thank me in advance for what you're doing. And as they began to march out towards the battlefield, they're they're singing. They're saying, thank God. Praise God. His love endures forever. Thank God. You're thanking God in advance of the victory that he is going to do. And I want to encourage you to do that. Look at verse 22. And at the moment, here's the fruit of that. And at the moment that they began to sing and to praise, the Lord caused the armies of the Ammon and the Moab and Mount Seir to begin fighting amongst themselves and they destroyed each other. Verse 22. I mean, there's where the battles won. The Lord won it. What's that all about? Here is a symbol of thanking thanking God in advance. And you know, it's while we are making our request, what do you do while you're waiting? What do you do while you're waiting for an answer for all this trouble and when you're overwhelmed? You thank God in advance. You, You say, God, you know that this request I made of you, you know what's going on in my life, you know how I'm overwhelmed. Lord, I thank you that the answer is coming. I thank you, Lord, that you're giving me Every victory, according to your riches in heaven. Lord, I'm trusting you. It's, it's not here yet, Lord. I know that. But Lord, I just want to thank you that you've got everything under control. That's something we learn. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? You, you thank God. One of the things you do is I thank God by faith. You keep praying according to that faith. And here's the last piece of advice I would have for you today. And that is this. I have to look for the good in the bad. Every great lesson I have ever learned, I have learned from challenging, hard, and even tragic circumstances. And i that's one of the things in a fallen world that we as Christians in God's economy of wanting to redeem all things and looking to the Lord, I have to look for the good in the bad. I mean, I have to find that blessing of what God might be doing. Let's look at verses 24 through 26. When the army of Judah arrived at the battleground, there were only dead bodies on the ground for as far as they could see. And so they went out to gather the plunder and they found vast amounts of equipment, clothing and other valuables and more than they could ever carry back. In fact, there was so much of that that they had they couldn't collect it all. On the fourth day, everyone gathered in the valley of Barakah and and 
which they it got its name, they make this clear, which got its name that day because the people thanked the Lord there. That Baraka, that means in Hebrew, you know what that word means? The valley of blessing. If you look for the good in the bad, you'll find that there's a blessing. Are you going to get bitter with the world or are you going to get better? And I want to challenge you today. Look for the good in the bad. Verse 27, Then Jehoshaphat led his troops back to Jerusalem where they joyfully celebrated the great victory. God had, look at that word, given to them. Look at it. And when all the kingdoms surrounding Judah heard how God himself had fought and defeated the enemies of his people, they were gripped with fear. So Jehoshaphat enjoyed peace and security for the rest of his life. I want to encourage you, when you're overwhelmed, what happens? Do you want to be a person who enjoys the blessings? Because not only did he look for the good and the bad, but you get more blessings. And then in a fallen world, other people who do not even maybe know about God or who even know God, they look at you and they say, man, this is such a messed up world. Why is it? You know, why are these good things happening to you? Why is it that you have peace? Why is it that you have joy in the middle of all this? It is that you have found you have found that you turn to God, that you, that you admit you're not God and that you need Him and that you keep your life focused on Him and, and you, you, you thank God in advance. And then even in the bad, you kind of look for the good and how God can redeem it. And when you do that, people will look to you and they will, you will not only, listen, have the blessings at the, in the valley of blessings, but other people, you'll be a part of what God is doing and people will look to you and you become a blessing in a world that's overwhelmed. So I encourage you today, let's think about Jehoshaphat and let's look to him. Now, I want us to pray right now and I want us to look to God, but I want us to, I want Holly to lead us and I want us to have a moment of ministry before we pray. So right now, I'm going to have Holly lead us in how it is that we're to move forward and have a ministry of moment, and then I want us to pray together. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you Surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battles. Yes, Jesus, through 
thank Holly and the team for leading us. Let's keep our focus on the Lord. And I want us to pray right now. I don't, I, I, I want you to challenge you today. Don't give up, look up. And I, I want you to maybe just pray with me right there. And I, I'm going to lead us in a prayer of, of, of just looking to the Lord. Just say it right there. Dear Jesus, You know how I'm feeling overwhelmed by all that's going on in the world. Lord, you know I'm tired of the battle. Lord, I'm I'm tired of what's going on and all the different stresses in my life. But I realize now it's 
it's your battle, Lord, it's not mine. So today, Lord, I'm turning to you. I'm praying. And I'm I'm turning to you for help. And I want to pray, Lord, I want to focus on you. Help me remember how big you are, Lord, and help me to remember your character. And Lord, help me remember your faithfulness and your promises, Lord, today. And I turn to you, Lord, and I want to focus on you. But I also, Lord, I admit that my life is unmanageable and I need for you to be the boss of my life. So, Lord, help me today to trust you more. And I I want you to be the one who manages my life. Help me, Lord, to trust you today. And help me not to be discouraged And as I act on faith going forward, Lord, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And I thank you, Lord, in advance for helping me in every circumstance to be an overcomer. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in the days ahead in my life. Help me, Lord, to keep focusing on you. And Lord, I just thank you for what you're going to do even in the end. Lord, teach me to look for the blessings, even in the bad. Help me to do that, Lord. And what's impossible with me is possible with you, God. So help me to do it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, today, I hope that you can learn from Jehoshaphat moving forward and that you will have hope, even maybe if you're overwhelmed. And I pray that the Lord will be with you and guide you this week and that you will be blessed and that you can overcome even being overwhelmed. God bless you and have a great week.